Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green here, along with my co-host Susie Porton. Time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. I'm coming to you live from the offices of Lives in the Balance here in Portland, Maine. Susie's joining in from upstate New York uh, here in Portland. We are waiting for the next snowfall, five to eight inches to begin, um, and so much for my snowblower being the reason that it wasn't snowing much in Portland, Maine. The snowblower hex has been broken. It's been getting used lately. Susie, how are you? I'm just fine, thanks. How are you? I am well. Um, uh, what are you all supposed to get? Uh, you're not supposed to get anything out of this storm, are you? This is, an east, this is a nor'easter that's staying just enough off the coast for us not to get blasted, but enough inland for us to get six to nine inches. Wow. Well, well I don't know. Well, because the, the season, right? inches, I don't know if six to nine inches really qualifies as a wow, but we haven't, we haven't had a huge dump the entire winter, so I guess we're due, but that doesn't mean we're wishing for it. It's just that I was bragging to everybody that there wouldn't be another major dump since I bought my <laughs> first snowblower a month and a half ago, and that, that streak has been broken. But um, as always, anything you want to start the program with today? Um, Well, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and they have a teenager who's struggling at school. And according to my friend, their daughter has poor motivation, low grades in all subjects. She's disorganized and does not seek out extra help from teachers. The parents are so tired of fighting with her. And as you can imagine, punishments and consequences are not working. The parents want to know, should they let her fail the entire grade? Now, having a plan B discussion is where I'm heading, but do you have any thoughts, Dr. Green? How would you go about it? Well, sounds like they've got some problems to solve. Mm -hmm. And... Letting her fail is probably not the ideal way to solve those problems. I've often heard the expression, um, she's got to uh, sink before she, no, I think she, the expression is she's got to hit rock bottom before she learns how to float, something along those lines. There's a few of mm-hmm. them out there. And um, I've just never found those approaches to be effective at solving the problems that are affecting kids' lives. I find that Plan B is effective at solving the problems that affect kids' lives. So, no, I'm I'm not interested in letting somebody fail as the means by which we will solve the problems that are causing them to fail in the first place. And when I put it that way, 
it makes no sense um, to let somebody fail to solve the problems that are causing them to fail in the first place. So um, I do plan B, but, but you know that's a pretty predictable answer for me. What were your thoughts on that? Um, well, I was very interested in the parents getting the right lenses on and not focusing on her behavior and, of course, um, getting their daughter's concerns on the table, um, trying to view this as a learning disability and um, and a developmental delay. Um, and they wouldn't punish somebody if they had a math or a reading problem. Um, and, you know, just doing the three, the empathy step, the three steps of the um, collaborative and proactive solutions process and and suggesting that this is not their daughter's idea of having a good time. You know, it's life's not easy for her right now either. No, not easy for anybody, but... Um Letting people fail doesn't make things any easier. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just makes things worse. If you're sort of standing by watching somebody drown, um, I'm not sure there's a great deal of comfort in that, especially if you're hoping that after they drown, they'll start to float again. Um, most of the time, after we've let somebody drown, people are very disappointed because the person is drowned. Um, so I've never been a big fan of letting people hit rock bottom to solve the problems that are causing them to sink in the first place. Um, but good, maybe you persuaded her, yes? Well, hopefully, and I also provided her with a uh, copy of your book, Lost at School. Great. So, yeah. Let's give the uh, call-in number, please. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. The call-in number is 347-994-2981. Press 1. And we do not have any callers yet. Maybe that's because I didn't provide the call number. Although I always do, if people are interested in being reminded that the program is going on, join the Twitter feed on the homepage of the Lives in the Balance website because I send out a reminder one to three minutes before all of the radio programs and... um, that's a good way to be reminded, but I always put the phone number in that as well. But it's 347-994-2981, and you have to press the number one to get through. But why don't we start with some interesting emails, because we are starting to make some headway on uh, getting through a meaningful number of them, and that's not a bad thing either. Here it is. Great. My seven-year-old son is a regular, that's in quotes, kid, no uh, psychiatric diagnoses or learning issues. He has trouble with explosions when he perceives something as unfair. We've done plan B pretty effectively when he calms down, but in the midst of an explosion, nothing works and doesn't seem to be reducing any of the explosions. How do you handle an exploding child in the middle of an explosion? If we leave him be, he would hurt his siblings, break things, make a huge mess, etc. We often take him to his room and hold the door closed until he can calm down to isolate him from others. But I'm worried because he seems to feel isolated and says he's a bad kid, which we have never said or implied. Let's see if we can help out this mom, shall we? Sure. So um, 
as we emphasize frequently on this program, the goal is to stay out of the heat of the moment. And um, this mom may or may not know that, but I'll emphasize it anyways. The goal is to stay out of the heat of the moment. But here's another goal, not to let the heat of the moment be what lets us know that there's an unsolved problem or an unmet expectation. We don't want to wait for explosions to be the way that we figure out what a kid's lagging skills and unsolved problems are. We want to use the ALSIP proactively to identify them proactively so that we can start planning for the unsolved problems we want to start working on first, and that's plan B. And the ones that we are going to set aside for now, that's plan C. So what I'm not picking up from these questions is whether an ALSIP has been done or whether, and this would not be preferred, we are waiting for explosions, then talking about it afterwards. Um, And the reason for that is that there's nothing great to do in the midst of an explosion. Poor timing. Um, And so it doesn't surprise me if this mom says that not a whole lot works in the heat of the moment. That's the reality. Not a whole lot works in the heat of the moment. But here's the part that concerns me even more, the part of the sentence that says, and it doesn't seem to be reducing any of the explosions. Well, that's, that's not an unusual scenario if the only plan B we are doing is in the heat of the moment because those are solutions that don't tend to work as well as the solutions that we arrive at proactively. So the whole goal here, if this isn't already being done, and I can't completely tell from the email, if this isn't already being done, we need an ALSIP. We need our list of unsolved problems. We need um, to prioritize using the problem-solving plan. And we need to start doing plan B almost exclusively proactively. Now, the mom might be listening to this and saying, um, I know all that already, but that's not my question. What do you do in the middle of an explosion? Well, my usual guidance is defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe. That's the usual. Um, Whether uh, having him in his room with the door closed is defusing him I'm not so sure about that, and it sounds like it may be causing him to say some things about himself that are not ideal either. Um, We certainly don't want him hurting his siblings, breaking things, or making a huge mess, but it actually sounds like this is one of those kids who, um, well, defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe is the standard guidance. We've got to see if that's going to work for him. It's not that you can't use Plan B emergently by saying what's up, It's just that you'd rather make the explosions as predictable as possible, and the ALSIP and the problem-solving plan are what do that for you, because really what we want to be saying is that explosions are rare because the problems that are causing them have been solved. We want to really de-emphasize the heat of the moment and do as much proactively as we possibly can. But there's also plan C in the heat of the moment, and that is if there's an expectation and I'm not, sh- I'm not sure that this is going to be an adult expectation that's coming into play, although I don't know what him perceiving something as unfair means. But you can do plan C in the heat of the moment and set the expectation aside for now. 
But that's not ideal either because it's still the heat of the moment. And we even want to be doing plan C proactively. We're setting things aside proactively so as to clear space for the things that we want to be working on with plan B proactively. But if all of this isn't proactive as often as possible, and I'm not saying that he's going to stop exploding. Um, sometimes he's, there are kids who continue exploding while we work all our way through solving the problems that are causing those explosions, but solving them proactively. So the big question is, um, how can we make all of this proactive, defuse, de-escalate, keep everybody safe in what should become increasingly rare heat-of-the-moment episodes? And that's the usual formula. Susie, anything to add to that? Um, only that it, in our case it was helpful to, as you said, proactively figure out ways to um, help our son when he lost his temper, but not in the moment. This is uh, doing it before he lost his temper in a talking with him, making the time and talking with him during a quiet time. Um, the other thing about holding the door closed is, you know, a seven-year-old grows to be a an 11-year-old or a 15-year-old, and there's no way you can continue to hold that door closed. So it's probably best to um, teach the child to walk away if he feels like he's starting to get heated up and upset and go to a quiet place in the house where he can uh, collect himself and calm himself down. Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned about keeping a log for a week when you're doing, before you're doing the ALSEP. Um, that's really helpful to um, to uh, write down what problems, unsolved problems, are reliably and predictably um, happening with this child. Um, and just that Plan B does take time and hard work and patience, but a lot less time than explosions and meltdowns. Let's keep going. No callers yet. Here's another email. Now, we have a few here that are fairly similar, and we'll answer all of them at the same time, but I'm going to read all of them, and then we'll respond. Here's one. Uh, I am looking for additional assistance on the drilling process, specifically for kids that are preschool or toddler-aged. I've read the book and looked through the website, but I'm not really finding any videos or additional explanations on how to drill more effectively with younger kids. Any direction would be helpful. I'm looking for information to help me as a parent of a behaviorally challenging five-year-old, uh, as well as to help parents in my office. I am a family physician. Thanks for any suggestions. So that's, that's one of them, um, and all of these are related to younger kids. Uh, my son will be four years old in January. In the past six months, we have been dealing with emotional outbursts, and not only outbursts, not only outbursts, but the outbursts are over such things as blocks not doing what he wants. Then we are finding it extremely difficult to rein him in once the outburst has started. He has an extremely hard time controlling his emotions. Would CPS work for someone his age? 
And now here is the third one. Can you please let me know if there's an age where CPS is most effective and at what age using the ALSEP is most effective? Is there an age when children are too young to be part of the CPS process? So we have three emails that are similar enough for us to respond to them um, at the same time. Um, as for drilling with a younger kid, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't do it any differently than I would with an older kid. My words would be a little different. My tone of voice might be a little different. My style might be a little bit different. But all of the drilling strategies that are on the drilling cheat sheet that are in the resources section on the Lives in the Balance website, all of those drilling strategies I think would be just as applicable to a 4- or 5-year-old as to a 17- or 18-year-old. As I always say, um, there are 17-year-olds who are, have a harder time providing information than some 3- and 4-year-olds. So it's not usually an issue of chronological age. It's an issue of the child's capacity to communicate concerns in the empathy step and to be able to understand and appreciate our concerns in the defined adult concern step and capacity to generate solutions in the invitation that are realistic and mutually satisfactory. And I'm always saying to people, don't sell those preschoolers short. A um, lot of younger kids are able to participate in Plan B. And so I don't have... Um, there are some videos on the Lives in a Balance website of it being done with younger kids, and there is video that I'm thinking could actually be posted this week of me drilling for information uh, with a uh, 10-and-a-half-year-old boy, but his language processing and communication skills are at a much, much, much younger level, so it reminds many people of what it would look like to drill for information with a 4- or 5-year-old. And um, unlike all of the other videos on the Lives in a Balance website, which are actors, this is the real McCoy, and I'm mm -hmm. thankful to his parents for permission to um, post it um, but that's going to be on the website soon, as well as an ALSIP meeting, me working with the parents to identify lagging skills and unsolved problems. And the editing on that should be done this week. And as soon as it's done, it'll be posted in the walking tour for parents on the Lives in the Balance website. Uh, one video will be in the ALSIP section. The other will be in the section number three, which is start solving problems. Um, but that's coming. Um, by the way, there are new forms on the Lives in the Balance website. In the resources section, the forms have been reformatted. They are now much more beautiful and um, much user-friendlier. So, uh, And the um, editable, fillable versions of them now actually work, which before they were pretty inconsistent in working, and now they work beautifully. So uh, always trying to improve here at Lives in the Balance and um, – those things are now on the website as well. So let's see. We talked about drilling for information. Um, the next question was, would CPS work for someone who's four years old? Well, it, you're never too young to start having people identify your unsolved problems. Never too young for having people trying to identify your concerns, and never too young 
And my reference point for this, I always say, is infants. We do all this stuff with infants. If we do all this stuff with an infant, we can do all this stuff for a four-year-old. Um, you're never too young to have people trying to solve problems with you so that your concerns get addressed. Never too young. We start doing that with infants the minute they pop out. That's called responsive parenting, and it is called the exact same thing uh, later on. You never want to stop being a responsive parent. So would this be appropriate for a four-year-old? Yes. Can, are there kids, some of them four, some of them 17, who can't yet participate in Plan B through the spoken word? Yes. What do we do with them? Well, if it's an infant, we've got to try to figure it out ourselves. If it's a kid who doesn't have the spoken word but is able to give us some information anyways, then we're often using fingers to have them rate something that we're saying to them, our guesses about what their concerns might be. All kinds of, there's, there's pictures. So our creativity is really the main limitation for kids who are not able to communicate with us through our preferred modality, words. But let there be no doubt Infants have unsolved problems. Infants have concerns about those unsolved problems. And infants are delighted to let you know if the solution that we are trying to apply to what we think the unsolved problem is isn't getting the job done. Four-year-olds are no different. Seventeen-year-olds are no different. I think we took care of that one. And so here's the last one that is in this same genre. Um is there an age at which CPS is most effective? Nope. At what age would I start using an ALSIP the, the minute you have unsolved problems that need to be identified? Is there an age when children are too young to be part of the CPS process? No. At every age, starting from day one, you're trying to figure out what the kids' unsolved problems are, what the kids' concerns are, and you're trying to apply solutions that will address those concerns. The big variable is whether the kid is able to communicate through our preferred modality, words. If not, we'll have to find another way to communicate with him. Susie, anything to add to all of that? Um, once our son had an outburst, it was very difficult to rein him in. It was almost too late. The meltdown had to play itself out, um, which is why it's critical in the Plan B process, like you said, to do all of this proactively. Um, and just our job as his parents was to, you know, help keep him calm and walk him through a problem doing this proactively, um, recognizing that it's a family problem um, and it takes two people, as you are fond of saying, takes two to tango. Um, and it's not just the kid who's the problem. Uh, it might take a while for the child to participate in a plan B discussion, you know, they might not be used to being asked what their thoughts or concerns are. 
you are trying to understand um, and making things better. And lastly, just knowing your child and being alert to what his difficulties are. Um, In our case, one of the things that would set him off was being too hungry, as I've said before. So uh, we tried to avoid that. And as always, I would recommend two resources, The um, Explosive Child and The Adventures of Stretch Moore. Thank you. Here's another one. Uh, And I'm not going to say specifically the city that this person indicates that she resides in, but it says, hello, I reside in, we'll call this a southern state in the United States, where I feel the education system is archaic, and the belief is spare the rod and spoil the child. Discipline in the South is taken very seriously, and punishment is the respected method for unacceptable behavior. Often spanking is encouraged, which I personally don't do. I've recently embraced your approach with my seven-year-old son. Today he had an explosive outburst and hit a teacher, definitely not his finest moment. I feel as though his school's administration isn't open to this progressive method or helping behaviorally challenged children. When I read your book, it was like a light bulb went off. However, getting his teacher and even his father on the same page seems highly unlikely. How can we still achieve success with the CPS method if only my son and I are the ones dedicated to it? Well, now, um, Susie, you don't live in a southern state, but you certainly have had experience with both school systems that um, are not necessarily receptive, even if they were not of the spare the rod and spoil the child belief, They weren't necessarily being responsive to the needs of your children at all times. And you also have a husband who wasn't immediately enamored with Plan B. Maybe you could speak a little bit to that, and then I'll pitch in if I need to say anything else. Um, Actually, I so clearly remember the guidance counselor telling me that we were creating, her words, a brat um, in the seventh grade because we were letting him get by with so much and uh, not using conventional wisdom in terms of um, how we were raising him. Um, And they, as you said, are school system was was very reluctant um, to try to meet the needs um, that our son was so badly lacking behind in. Um, it was difficult with our family and my husband in the beginning. Um, Plan B was not how he was raised, and as I think I've said before, um, adults imposing their will uh, had worked, that word is in quotes, for him, um, and it took a long time for him to realize that it wasn't working for our son, 
that we needed a different approach to to understand and and help our son um, actually my husband became quite good at doing plan B uh when he could um and uh the entire process and approach has, has uh worked for us so well and they have a uh good relationship today which um is a wonderful thing to to say Excellent. Shall we do some more? Sure. Let's give the number again. Well, we actually have a caller now. Oh, perfect. And um, so let's go to our caller. Callers always take top priority on the program. Area code 519. You're on the air. What's up today? Hi. Um, Well, I'm calling about my son. I had emailed in a couple weeks ago, and you were kind enough to answer my email on air, which was wonderful. Um, I'd like first to start by saying how how happy I am to have found this. <laughs> I feel relieved. I feel like a completely different person. I, I'm I'm almost telling everybody it's it's kind of funny actually because I've become like the spokesperson. Um, <laughs> mm. um, and I feel different. I feel lighter. Um, I have hope. I um, my son at school. Um, he's seven. He's in grade one. Uh, he's having a really rough time at school. Um, at home, he's he's very very good and what I've realized actually now that I've been doing some research we do a lot of I won't say it's um, preventative plan B but we do a lot of at the moment plan B and I didn't really realize that I was doing it Um, (laughs) but now I do um, which is great so we're trying to focus on the preventative side of it Um, school has been tough he has um, difficulties and then he gets very upset and I don't know if you remember I said chuck a chair across the room upset and literally, he will he would rip a classroom. Um, they started letting him go to a quiet room, which he basically had destroyed, ripped everything out of the room, pulled down ceiling tiles. You know, then they started turning up. They left him in the room with the light out in the dark, and then we'd come and get him. And I and I just kind of finally had enough. We were only sending him to school half time because he was just every day we were picking him up anyways. And we're homeschooling half the time. At home, he does very well with his education, what I've realized is that I changed, like if I'm doing something with him and he's having a hard time, I usually present it a different way. Um, I'm, I'm a dental hygienist, so I spend a lot of time with adults presenting things in all different kinds of ways to try and achieve different outcomes. We all have the same goal, but the way you you know present something to one person is different to another person. So I have a lot of practice at it, but I do it a lot on the, on the go. Anyhow, um, so... I haven't figured out what I'm going to do about school. Um, I'd like him to go to school. It's really hard having him only going half time. I'm considering homeschooling. I don't really want to go that route because I think school is wonderful. They're great people. I just can't have them being like they'll hold him down and put him in a room, and it's it's not good. It's not good for him. It's not good for me. I don't think it's good for them either. Um, now, this is where it's become hard for me. Um, I had approached the school and said, you know, I found this. This is kind of great. And they said to me, oh, well, we are a Ross Green school. We do that. (laughs) And I said, well, every day I get a behavioral chart home telling me all the things he's supposed to do and not supposed to do and how he's being compliant or non-compliant. 
and he has a sticker program. There's no way in the world you're doing this model. And I, you know, then I thought, okay, I better just, I said, not right now, I can't have a constructive conversation. I was, being pick, I was picking him up from the room, but he was in the room with the door closed, with the lights out, because he was being isolated. And, and I just said, I can't have this conversation. So then the principal called me back and she said, well, we are doing, we do do it at our school board, but we haven't done it with him yet. We don't think he's ready. And I was kind of in the mindset, I don't know how much more ready you want him to be because he screamed at you for it. And um, so I, I kind of said, okay, I want you to look at it. She said she would. I waited a week. Nothing kind of happened. <laughs> and so I called the school board. Actually, I looked on your website. And I found our school board listed on your website. <laughs> and I saw the person listed on the website from our school board that had worked with you. So I called her and I said, I need more resources for my school to start applying this for my son. So we've brought in some other people. It's been about two weeks. They still haven't done it yet. Um, I don't know much more what I can do with them <laughs> to, to get them to go. Um, I've tried more of the proactive plan, be at home. Like For instance, he had an incident at hockey where he got very upset and was you know, banging the stick around and you know, crying you know, banging a stick on the ice because, um, and I talked to him about afterwards. I said, well, you know, I saw you had a hard time lining up at hockey. What's up? And he says, well, the little boy took my spot. I was told to play left wing and I went to go play left wing and he took my spot and I was trying to do what the coach told me to do, but I couldn't because the other little boy took my spot. And I said, well, I can see how that would bother you. And, and we went through that and, um, I, and then, I asked him what he thought a solution would be, and he came up with the idea, well, maybe the coach should make sure everybody know, tell, tell, cause they, they tell him twice what his position is, once a little bit before and then once right before he goes on. He said, I think the coach should do that with everybody so everybody knows where they're supposed to be. I thought that's a good solution, but then you can't control sometimes what other people do. So we kind of went as a secondary solution. Well, what if that kid takes it? And I have to laugh because I said, well, what, what happens if a little boy does take your spot, even though the coach has told him twice and, you know, we're trying that. And he says to me, mom, I guess I'll just have to fight him. And I thought, oh no. <laughs> and I, and I didn't balk, but I said, I said, okay, Tyler, well, let's look at that solution. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, sorry. I'm not supposed to say my son's name. What do you think is supposed to happen? If, if we do that solution, he says, well, you know, he could get hurt. I could get hurt. We both get in trouble. So that's not a good idea, mom. So he came up with the idea, well, I'll look for another spot, and then, then I'll talk to the coach when I get off the ice for the, the shift. And I thought, that's great. But he's able to rationalize through this stuff. It's just in the moment, that emotional response is really strong for him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to do with the school, though. <laughs> Any ideas? Well, well, here's the thing. I, um, there's lots of people saying that they are Ross Green schools. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of people say that. Um, mm-hmm. I would I would want you to email me through the Lives in the Balance website, okay. and just say in your email, uh, "This is for Ross," and the person mm-hmm. who fields the emails will make sure I get it. Because mm-hmm. maybe I can do some blocking for you if this is truly a school that I and my colleagues have worked with, and mm-hmm. that we believe should be doing this reasonably well. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of CPS going on in Ontario. Regrettably, um, not all of it 
are not all of the schools are schools that I and my colleagues have worked with. Um, so mm-hmm. I can't always assure people of the quality, but once I know what school system it is, I can mm-hmm. um, possibly do some blocking for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me know where on the website you've seen the school and the person, and then I'll be able to mm-hmm. tell you for sure, are these folks who we've worked with or are these folks who've uh, regrettably gotten their CPS from someplace else um, mm-hmm. over which I have no quality control? No. Um, so, um, but it does sound like your son, once he gets frustrated, um, gets mm-hmm. very, very, very frustrated. His behaviors mm-hmm. that you've described would be um, at the more extreme end of the spectrum of things people do when mm-hmm. they are um, upset. Yep. And so the big question is, because we want to be doing plan B proactively, mm-hmm. the way to get there is by using an ALSIP, identifying mm-hmm. lagging skills and unsolved problems ahead of time, prioritizing ahead of time, Mm-hmm. And if those things haven't been done, then they're not doing the model. Mm-hmm. If they are doing Plan B primarily reactively, emergently in the heat of the model, in the, in, in the moment, they're mm-hmm. not doing the model. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are the things that leap out at me as the first places to look for: Are they doing it? Now the good news is if they're saying they're a Ross Green school. They -hmm. seem to know about the model. The big question is, Mm -hmm. are they, you know, are the telltale signs that they're actually doing it really there? Mm -hmm. And I can't quite tell, but I got a bad feeling that those, you know, saying they're doing it is one thing, that the signs Mm -hmm. that they actually are doing it are quite another, and that's much Mm -hmm. more important. Are they really doing it? Mm -hmm. Um, I can't I'm not getting a strong vibe that they're actually doing it. And so, no. you know, I'm happy to do some blocking for you if this is a school we've actually worked with, but while we have you on the phone, those would be the yep. telltale signs that people are actually doing the model. They've done the ALSIP, mm-hmm. they've prioritized, and the plan Bs they mm-hmm. are doing are primarily occurring proactively. Well, of all yeah. of that no, stuff if if most of that's not true, they're not doing the model. Yeah, no, they haven't done the LSAP. I was told specifically that they hadn't done it with him yet. Um, They said he wasn't ready, and I I don't know what that means. Um, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, and and, and actually I went back to, when when they said that to me, I went back to the website. I thought, well, maybe they think he's too young, or maybe they don't. And and that's not the case. It can be done with any age. And he's very verbally articulate. Um, He's, he, he has much older siblings, um, He's, he's very verbally articulate um, when he's calm, very, very verbally articulate. And even, and what I've realized too at home, now that I'm reflecting back, is that when he does get upset, we are, we talk to him right away, and, and he's very quick to calm down. Um, within seconds, he's calm at home. At school, it's a different story, but at home, within seconds. So we never get those large reactions. And I And as I've said, that I've done a lot of, Unknowingly, I was doing a lot of emergent Plan B, but now I, I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm, I'm, we've, we've filled out the LSAP at home, um, and even though the reactions aren't as strong, the more practice he has dealing with them on a proactive basis, the more skilled he'll be at school. Um, and that, that's, that's how I'm looking at it. Um, 
but um, the principal had told me specifically that, um, no, we haven't done it with him yet. We just didn't think he was ready. But don't worry, we have a certified um, trainer on his behavioral team. And I wasn't sure if I should laugh or cry at this point. Um, now I kind of rattled some chains at the board. Like I said, I, I called the board and I said, I need this done for him. He is the perfect candidate for this. This book was written for him, basically. And this approach was, it's, it's him. And I need this done. So they had changed the mental health um, person on his behavioral team to a person who is also certified um, in your program. So I'm hoping with two of them on there that they might get it together. And I'm thinking that that's starting to happen, but it's, I need it starting. I needed it to start happening yesterday. I mean, he's been at the school for a year and a half with them and the issues have only got worse and worse. And I don't know why, I don't know what the weight was. Well, I have a feeling I know what school board you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can probably help you out, and I can probably do mm-hmm. some inquiring, and I'm glad to do that. So just just mm-hmm. go back to the website, uh, say that you're sending something yep. to me. I'll get it. Yep. Let's see if I can do some yep. blocking for you. Yep. Um, I, I can't think of an age at which I would not try to figure out what a kid's unsolved problems are and unmet expectations. I would do that from day one, right? Mm-hmm. If, if an mm-hmm. infant is having difficulty feeding from mm-hmm. day one, that's an unsolved problem. Yep. If an infant is um, too cold or too hot or vomiting a lot from day mm-hmm. one, those are unsolved problems. So I don't know mm-hmm. what it means that a kid is too young to figure out what the unsolved problems are. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that. I, I can't make heads or tails of that one, but I'm happy yeah. to do a little blocking for you because it's a, yeah. you know, um, that you are contemplating homeschooling not that mm-hmm. homeschooling is a terrible thing. Homeschooling for some kids and some parents is a wonderful thing, but that you are contemplating yep. yanking him mm-hmm. because you feel that you are sending him into something that isn't a place that you feel comfortable sending your kid mm-hmm. says, um, we got to do something about this. And if it's one of yeah. the school systems, and I think I know which one it is, um, these are great folks. You're right. And this is an interesting thing. That's the other oh, thing yeah. I was hearing you saying. Um, there are a lot of great people out there who love kids, but mm-hmm. if they don't yet know about lagging skills and unsolved problems, and if they don't yet know about Plan B, then those wonderful people may still be doing things that are actually very counterproductive. Yep. Um, so it sounds like you may have uh, landed in that situation. Let's see if Susie yep. has anything to add here before we run out of time. Susie? Yes, I wanted to thank you for calling in. Um, I'm so glad you found someone whose approach made sense to you and someone who understood the um, philosophy that children do well if they can. That gave me the strength and the hope to mm-hmm. to carry on. Um, I It was so important in our family uh, to plan time for talking um and on the way to hockey practice is it it doesn't always have to be so scheduled but on the way to hockey practice is a great time that you have your son in the car all by himself um mm-hmm. and you can just slide in those plan b conversations um 
let's see. Oh, the quiet room is a that the school has is a great idea. The lights out is not so great. Um, our son was able, we had worked out proactively that our son was able to go down to the guidance counselor's office and quiet himself down. Just um, He laid on the floor and quieted himself down. He was starting to get upset and then returned to the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Green wrote a uh, wonderful article, Five Ways to Improve School for Behaviorally Challenging Students, um, mm-hmm. That that's on the website that you can download. That it, well, it sounds like they're already familiar with his yeah um, approach. But um, it it wouldn't be a bad idea for you to you know make a meeting with with his teachers and guidance counselor and bring in a copy of that. Um, and to make sure that you're only working on two or three unsolved problems at a time. I know there might be more um, as you've done the mm-hmm. outset, but um, just to prioritize. And lastly, to check in with the other siblings to make sure that they're doing okay, because it is challenging to have a child that has difficulties. Mm-hmm. The others are older, thank goodness. Um, mm-hmm. Two are in one's done college, one's in college. The other ones, the other two are in grade twelve. So we're we're they're they're good. <laughs> they're fun good. with him all the time. <laughs> good. He doesn't at home. He doesn't have these extreme ends that he does at school, and I think mm-hmm. it's just because we were catching it so much sooner um, that we worked with him, and he he would know to go to us. He he didn't feel the need. He didn't feel that he didn't have any other options. I don't know how else to look at it. There was somebody um, that understood, right, and he could yeah. go to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Mom, we do appreciate you calling in, and we and do email me through the website, and I'm happy to see what we can do. Sound good? Yeah, because I think just a little more help for them would be good. I agree. Okay. Take Thank care. You. Good luck with it. Be in touch. Thanks. Susie, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks as always. All right. Do we have a program next week? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.